Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast by telling your families, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. I also ask for your prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.amiteagle.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through to you through your text or email or however you're receiving it, you can always reach this is the voice of the prophet on any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. This week's episode is entitled, Watch and See. Since October of last year, 2020, I've been posting this podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet. Starting with the episode entitled, The Elephant in the Room, I've been addressing the matter of racism and white supremacy being advanced and perpetrated through and in the church and the body of Christ. This atrocity has increased so subtly over the years that if you were not one of the elect, you would have missed it entirely. I have not been fooled and I will not hold back on not only as to what God is allowing me to see, but also as to what he's using me to speak. To say that it has been at a cost is factual and yet not at all as negative as some might have hoped. Whereas there were some setbacks, they've been far outweighed by the benefits. As I've shared in previous episodes, there was an immediate loss of financial as well as spiritual and emotional support, which didn't threaten or surprise me at all. Neither did it hurt or dissuade me. That's because I have been and still am a faithful tither. It's like I always say, I don't give my tithe to a church. I tithe to God through a church. And since that's the covenant that I have with him, he has never, not once ever failed to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He continually uses good, loving, faithful sons and daughters to do what needs to be done in my life, not just because they like and love me, but because they hear the Father and obey him. 
I thank God and I thank each of you in your faithfulness and obedience to our Father as you continue to bless my life with your support of love, prayers, as well as finances. God bless each and every one of you, and I will never cease praying for you and your families. Now let's move on. I've shared in previous episodes on the matter of how the church has continually denied and hid the issues that need to be discussed, but are refuted and opposed by the white pastors, preachers, teachers, and evangelicals in the church. Most of you know that I had developed relationships in many predominantly white churches being invited to speak and minister the word of God. After opening up and confronting the issues of racism and white supremacy through Facebook and some even in personal conversations, things totally changed. Some have unfriended me on Facebook as well as in our personal lives. Others are cutting a wide berth because they don't want to deal with coming face to face with me on these issues. And still there are others who are quite aware and content with the racism in the church and therefore choose to stand either in a place of denial or feeling justified in their racism. As I listened to Dr. Jamar Tisby, you'll be hearing more about him in just a bit, I was amazed at how many of my experiences nearly mirrored his as he went through his own time of realizing and facing racism in his predominantly white church. He spoke of how he was ghosted. People stopped calling, but yet talked about him and against him with others. Dr. Tisby also spoke of how the white Christians wouldn't even send an emoji of sadness, sympathy, or any response to his Facebook page when George Floyd was murdered and during the summer protest. It truly brought back the memory of my own experience when I actually asked people to say something or at least send an emoji or hit one of those emotion buttons in response to their support, not only over the murder of this black man, but in response to the blatant racism that he has emerged over the past four years. All I received through that Facebook post was total silence or racist hush. It would have been absolutely hilarious, if not so sad, as to how even when replying to someone's post on Facebook, very recently, who I considered a dear, dear friend, they wouldn't even hit an emoji or emotion to acknowledge my, my reply. And what's even sadder is that when I first developed my Facebook page throughout the years, I've always been extremely careful as to have only Christians as friends. Discussions among those church-going, Bible-toting, tongue-talking Christians who I had considered friends concerning the stance that I have taken at this time have not ceased. Some, when considering what I'm speaking at this time, have taken the position that I have walked away from Christ. That would give them somewhat of a sense of comfort because it would allow for me to be at best in error, which then they could take to mean that they're not. Let me address that quite simply, and I feel adequately. Walking away from a ministry, or for that matter, a denomination or church, 
does not mean that I've walked away from Christ. Someone's ministry, no matter what part it may have had in my life, is definitely not Christ in my life. If my walk with the Father is based on my relationship with the ministry or church, then we're all in big trouble. My relationship and intimacy is with God. As I always say, I don't just love him, I'm in love with him. That's the oneness and peace that I have with the Father. Some are continuing in their opinions of me that I've become spiritually misguided and I'm definitely missing God. Well, if you continue to listen to this episode, you'll see that I'm not the only one that's quote unquote missing it. In other words, I'm not the only one of the opinion that it was time to leave the ministries and people that I once loved, still love and respected, when it became obvious that they were not willing to move in any way or form in order to deal with racism in their churches and ministries. In 1 Samuel 26, 9 through 10, it reads, But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him, or his time will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. It was Saul's plan to find, attack, and kill David because God had anointed David to become king. David fled from the presence of the king in order to maintain his life. He left a place where he knew it would not be good for him to remain physically, spiritually, or emotionally. So he fled and kept away from those who had no good intentions concerning him. He chose not to be around those that meant him no good and would destroy him and those he loved for their own benefit. Just as David left from the presence of Saul, it's no less than what I, as well as others, have chosen to do in order to not be around those that, as subtle as it may be, literally hate us or at the very least mean us no good simply because our skin is black. We have chosen to leave from a place where there was once trust and confidence in what was thought to be strong, meaningful, even covenant relationships with pastors, leadership, and members due to the refusal by these members to confront and not only deal with, but even admit to racism in the very churches where we worshiped and praised together as one in the body of Christ. When you know that you're in a toxic environment, in an environment that's no good for you, it's best that you leave it. The same way one would leave a building or a room that's filled with toxic fumes. And again, it would seem that I'm not the only one that's taking these measures. Last Friday, I awoke talking to God about the fact that I still had not heard anything from him concerning this week for the podcast. I reiterated to him that if he didn't speak anything, then neither would I. He didn't give me anything, then it meant there was nothing for me to say or speak. I was fine with that. Even after reading my morning scriptures, one being in 1 Samuel 26, I still wasn't clearly hearing anything from him. However, just a couple of hours later, 
within less than two minutes of one another, I received two different articles through a text and an email concerning Beth Moore, a prominent Southern Baptist white female leader, making the announcement that she has left the Southern Baptist denomination. In one article, she's saying that she's left because, and I quote, I am still a Baptist, but I can no longer identify with Southern Baptists. The article goes on to say that Beth Moore has been an outspoken advocate for sexual abuse vi victims and a critic of Donald Trump's, a stance that has caused a rift between her and other Southern Baptist leaders who have been among Trump's most fervent supporters. After seeing the news release of the Access Hollywood tape where Trump bragged on sexually assaulting women, Beth Moore tweeted, wake up sleepers to what women have had to deal with all along in environments of gross entitlement and power. She also told the religion news service that she was shocked at the time that fellow evangelicals rallied around Trump. She said in the interview that she couldn't understand how Trump became the banner, the poster child for the great white hope of evangelicalism, the salvation of the church in America. Beth Moore went on to say in one of her tweets, and I quote, I'm 63 and a half years old, and I have never seen anything in these United States of America I found more astonishingly seductive and dangerous to the saints of God than Trumpism. This Christian nationalism is not of God. Move back from it. Close quotes. In another article in the New York Times, she's quoted as saying, and again I quote, there comes a time when you have to say, this is not who I am, close quote. That time came as well for me, and being with the Pentecostal denomination who supported Donald Trump is definitely not who I am. Beth Moore also tweeted on her page, denouncing Christian nationalism as the demonic stronghold of white supremacy and the sexism and misogyny that is rampant in segments of the Southern Baptist Church. Ms. Moore also stated that she expected that her audiences might be smaller for a while. But let me assure you, it's not just white women who are moving from their former places of worship. In the same article in the New York Times, it states that Dr. Jamar Tisby, the president of the Black Christian Collective, described on a podcast for the first time his experiences of racism in white evangelical communities. His testimony was part of a campaign called Hashtag Leave Loud to tell the stories of Black Christians leaving evangelical spaces. Let me recommend this podcast highly. It's Hashtag, capital L, E-A-V-E, capital L, O-U-D. Again, that's hashtag leave loud. I'm sure it can be located on any podcast server. Jen Hatmaker, a popular podcaster, said, while there are thousands of ways that we can robustly disagree as people of faith, there are and should be deal breakers. The defense of white supremacy, patriarchal abuse, moral bankruptcy, 
and the crushing of human souls for the proximity to human power were named by Ms. Hatmaker as those deal breakers. Let me say that while she refers to them as deal breakers, I would definitely call them covenant breakers. When pastors and leaders defend white supremacy and racism, refusing to acknowledge and to deal with those issues, I know that covenant has been broken. Lisa Sharon Harper, president of freedomroad.us, a Christian justice group said, during the Trump era, some white evangelical women have grown more uncomfortable with their churches concerning the values about sex, race, and politics, especially as their denominational leaders supported Mr. Trump through the separation of migrant children from their parents at the border, along with nationwide protests after the killing of George Floyd and the Me Too movement. She went on to say that women of color were the first to see it, then men of color, and now white women are starting to wake up. The article goes on to quote Ms. Harper writing, quote, we may not see the results for a few years, but I think it will cause an earthquake, end quote. I must agree totally with Ms. Harper in this statement, and even if we don't see the results right now, I would think in a very few short years, if that long, we will. What David told his men when they wanted to kill Saul, no, don't you kill him. Don't you raise your hand to destroy him. Just wait, because God had his set time when he will fall and be destroyed. No one has to raise their hand or speak a word of destruction concerning these ministries that refuse to deal with racism. No one, when leaving a church who not only accepts racism, but endorses and refuses to chastise or at least speak to the members against white supremacy and racism. No one has to say a word or speak negatively against the church, the members, or the pastors of that ministry. God has his set time to deal with them. To quote another prophet of the Old Testament, Micaiah, when he said to Ahab, Mark my words. I will say to you again, mark my words. Watch and see if the church as we know it today doesn't come to an end if they refuse to turn away from the white supremacy and racism in the church and the body of Christ. As stated in a previous episode, the 400 years of silence from God has ended. In this week's episode, I have quoted from white women, a black woman, and a black man. However, of all the things that were shared in this episode, I think one of the most important quotes is when Beth Moore stated to the New York Times when she said, this is not who I am. Each of us at some point or another, has to decide as to who we are and where we stand. 
I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.